You know what I just noticed? No. That this is uh, this is episode 301. So we totally missed like a episode 300 extravaganza. Yeah. I'm not I'm not one to make a big deal out of milestones or round numbers or birthdays or things like this. Oh, okay. Yeah, I like how you just threw birthdays in there. <laughs> or birthdays or people's accomplishments. Birth, death, you know, not a big That's, deal. <laughs> none of that. I just go on about my day, man. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, are you in uh, San Diego now? Tomorrow, I'll be in San Diego for good. Moving back tomorrow. Right now, still in the Chicago area. Okay. Yeah. But tomorrow is the big move, the official moving date to our new house. I gotcha. Is everything going pretty smoothly so far? Has it been weird? Um, I actually, everything is going pretty smoothly. I even had a friend go to our house this weekend to ha- open the door to the cable guy. The cable guy set up the internet. Um, so we even have Wi-Fi ready in the house right now. Um, oh, that's always so yeah, nice. Yeah. So, tomorrow, so you're not sitting around waiting for that. Yeah, not sitting around and I can get things done like immediately or if needed or all the next day without having to wait or tether my iPhone or anything like this. So everything is uh, pretty, pretty set up. Is it uh weird? Reco- we're kind of recording at a different time than usual, right? Yes. So even for your standard, it's uh it's, it's, it's different time. And now that I'm back in the U S um, it should be easier for you and me to record a little later in the morning. Cause I know it was uh, for you, it was pretty hard to, um, when I was in France specifically, it was super early for you and it was kind of uh, later in the day for me. And so not, uh, not ideal time for both of us. So everything's yeah. going to be back to normal uh, starting next week. Yeah. I feel different because I've already been to the gym. I got a great workout in. I had, uh, I'm drinking my protein shake here. So I feel like I'm ready to go. <laughs> Um, so we've got a couple updates. If you've been watching my Twitter over the week, you know, I've been having problems with my MacBook. If you listen to last week's episode, you know that Sebastian was, had this huge, he was debating this huge life decision about his, uh, whether or not to keep his Apple watch. And then we've even got an update to our, uh, ongoing topic of, uh, Twitter clients. <laughs> so, uh, I guess let's just get started with this update section here. What are you thinking about the watch now? Um, still the same sentiment. I just wanted to rebound on what a few people said to me last week after listening to the podcast. I had a few people um, echo the same sentiment as I was, as I was saying, explaining on the show. And then I had a few people who I think quickly jumped to conclusion and sent me the same recommendation, which basically was, well, if if your gripe with Apple Watch is notification, just put your watch on do not disturb or turn off all notifications. And when I saw that, I was like, no, you, you missed the point. Like this, this was part of my reasoning, my reasoning of why I'm, I want to get away from, from Apple Watch. It's of course notifications. Um, but I'm already pretty, um, uh, stringent on, uh, on notifications. I don't let many notifications go in. So it's not like I have a notification overload. Um, I could be more strict, uh, definitely, but it's also the fact of being always connected. Even if I turned off notifications, this watch would still be connected. I would still have the temptation of looking at the weather or what temperature, what are the percentage of rain, uh, chance, uh, percentage rain, uh, chance of rain today or, uh, what's on my calendar, like a bunch of things that I didn't do really uh, before having an Apple Watch. But now it's readily available. So I find myself like using it more, but for no real 
purpose. You know, it's it's kind of meaningless. I do it because it's here, not necessarily because I want to know uh, if it's going to rain, if there's a 40% chance it's going to rain today or a 20% chance it's going to rain. Like this information doesn't really uh, affect my life. So a lot of things I was doing, I do with Apple Watch is unnecessary. And that's that's because it's readily available right here. So that's reason two, radio. So reason one is notification. Reason two was being connected at all times. And don't tell me, well, unpair your watch from, or, you know, like uh, turn off uh, everything from, turn off everything from your watch and just use it as a watch. Because at this point, it's completely useless. Uh, and number three, also a very important reason, which I stated last week, but I think a lot of people just stopped at the notification thing. Number th- reason number three is that, as I said last week, it's just uh, it's just a black square, a black yeah. screen, and everybody has it. Everybody has it. It was nice to have when not many people had it, but now everybody has it. Especially if you're here in the U.S., it's I mean it's everywhere. Everybody has it. I was at a party yesterday uh, with family members, and three people plus me. Uh, so four of us had an Apple Watch. We were like a dozen or adults in there, you know. So it's it's a lot of people, and I I don't want to have the same thing as everybody else. I want I want to have something a little different, something that you show off like this on your wrist. Um, I want it to be different and and um, stand out, uh, not necessarily to to show off, but to to just stand out as being just be, un- be, be unique, unique or different, not looking yeah. like everybody else. And that's that's the the reason um, I'm looking for a watch. I'm actually I've actually shortlisted three watches, uh, and uh, I think in the next I, I'm still sticking to it. I think in the next few weeks, Cody, I'm gonna dump it, dump the Apple Watch for a nice looking timepiece um, that's gonna be super dumb because it's just gonna show me the time, and that's all I need <laughs> to know. For everybody, for everything else, I'll be able to get it on my phone. So that's that's just I just wanted to clarify this or like sum it up I guess because maybe I did a poor job at summing it up last week uh looking at at the amount of tweets I got saying I'm so dumb I should just turn off all notifications which really um is not is not the main issue for me right here Were any of the tweets that any of them really say you're so dumb <laughs> No No but, but that's how you took it right you're yeah. like oh okay I should I should do something that I would have thought of a long time ago. Yeah, I mean, there's a, even uh, Nick <laughs> sends me a <laughs> screenshot of the notifications panel in Apple Watch app, in the Watch app, and it's uh. just like just uncheck all of these boxes, and your not- notification problem is solved. Yes, okay, Notifi- notification problem is solved. What's not solved is it's still a, t- a thing that's connected twenty four seven, and it's still uh, a device that everybody has. Everybody has it. And I was talking about it with my uh, brother-in-law over the weekend, and he was he was admitting himself. You know, I was so, so he totally got my point. And he was like, "Well, it's not even like you can say I'm going to wear my Apple Watch just for specific occasions, like you, like Cody, as you do, did it before, like going to the to the gym. It's not right. like I want to wear my Apple Watch just to go to the gym, or I don't go to the gym, but just for working out, or just for going surfing." Or just for for when I go for a walk or something to track my health and fitness. I think it's an, to me it's everything or nothing. It's either I wear it all the time, you know, during daytime, or I don't wear it at all. Like there is no special occasion to wear the watch. 
Uh, so this is not an option either for anybody out there who was thinking about sending me this suggestion. But I, I did get a few tweets uh, from people, uh, again, echoing what I was saying. Uh, Jacob, Jacob was saying, kudos to you for getting rid of the Apple Watch. I did the same three months ago and haven't looked back when uh, I went with a simple Garmin that tracks fitness. So I just got a, a watch that just does a very simple thing, just fitness, completely disconnected from um, the, the rest. And I also have uh, Thomas saying, it's funny that you mentioned the gripe you're having with your watch. It's something I've been starting to think about lately. I definitely echo your statements about it being a distraction. And I've been considering retiring it for a dumb watch. So, and there was a couple of um, more tweets. I can't find them here. Maybe they're on IDB account or on the LTIOS account. Um, but... Uh, so clearly, I wasn't this. I wasn't the only one thinking about this, and I'm not. I'm not trying to convince anybody. You know, it's not like I'm. I'm uh, advocating for dropping the Apple Watch. Not at all. Um, not at all. I'm just advocating for myself to drop the Apple Watch for myself. Everybody else, they can do whatever they want with with their watch, Apple Watch. It's fine. Not trying to change anybody's <laughs> mind about the watch. Still a great device. Right. Um, if you're one of the ones that did send Sebastian a screenshot, don't feel bad. <laughs> no, but we do appreciate all kinds of input. Um, yeah, this is just an interesting, uh, it's an interesting topic for me because I, I don't, it doesn't bother me as much that other people have them. You know, like everybody has an iPhone. It just feels like another device to me. And I guess because I use it so specifically for fitness tracking, I think it just, I see it as that kind of tool versus, you know, an actual wearable, or, you know, a timepiece or anything like that. I, we all know I 100% agree with you on the design though. Um, it's just a square black box. I've likened it so many times to a, uh, track, like a, uh, like an ankle bracelet, like a tracker when you go on probation or something. You know, you get in trouble with the law. They say you can't leave your house. So they give you this like anklet monitor. And this is kind of what it looks like, right? Because it's got this big square box that's got the battery and maybe even the GPS unit. I don't know how they work. But uh, um, yeah, it's def it definitely looks like this. And it looks like an electronic, something electronic on your wrist, not not meant to be there unless the screen's lit up kind of deal. Yeah. And you compare this to iPhone saying everybody has an iPhone. Yes, everybody has an iPhone. But you know what? Not everybody wears their iPhone like around their neck or around their wrist, right? It's not like on display. Your iPhone is not on display on your body. And that's, that, that's really also, uh, that goes back to the design, like having the same thing. It, it feels so um, uniformed with every conform conformist like you conform to this and everybody else has the same and even if you have the stainless steel model and you have a nice band uh like i have right now i have the the link bracelet which is just a gorgeous band right but it still it still looks the same as everybody else's watch and that's right that's my gripe and i apologize also you mentioned like uh people uh, sending uh, screenshots to me i don't mean to call you out or 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 anything like you know, like sure, send, keep the keep the um, the feedback coming. Some of some of it was kind of a condescendent though, like you know, telling me like I'm so stupid basically without saying it. But like, dude, like you didn't think about turning off your 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 notification problem solved. Well, of course, you know, that's you missed the point. That was not the point I was trying to make. Just specifically about notification. But uh, yeah, feedback, positive or negative. Is always uh, is always welcome, for sure. Yeah, I uh, 
it's funny. I really just I, – I don't see that point, but I do see the point of if I walk in a room and there's not many people in the room and myself and somebody else are wearing the exact same shirt, like a T-shirt with the exact same design, you you get a little – it's not embarrassed. You're just like, oh, well, that's awkward. You know, like I, I don't know how to explain that exact feeling, but I know it's a thing, right? I know that it's a thing to – if you walk in, guy or girl – um, walk into a room and maybe somebody's wearing the same dress or the same shirt. I think it's, you know, it's kind of awkward. It's like, Oh, we got the exact same thing on chose to wear. It. I don't know. I don't know how to explain that phenomenon, but I think it's relative to what you're talking about with this watch and that you just, you know, you don't want to look like everybody else. You don't want to, you want to kind of be unique. Yeah. Have you, uh, so I can understand it from that angle. Have you, uh, what type of watches, you don't have to say the brands or anything, but are you looking at like, uh, what are these called analog or what's the one with the three little small faces within the big face? Or are you just looking for a simple, you know, I don't know the different types of <laughs> watch faces, so I could go in circles here, but uh, I'm looking for uh, mechanical. diver. Yeah. I looked at a diver. Uh, okay. Yeah. And uh, I'm looking for a mechanical watch uh, with uh, a self winding movement, like the one that don't need a battery. Basically you okay. need to put a battery in. And uh, just like the kinetic energy of you moving, uh, they, oh, they, they okay. keep going. So like like a Rolex, like a Rolex does that. You don't put batteries in a Rolex. I mean, they might have a few models that run on batteries, but I, I'm pretty certain the, the vast majority, and I, I would think all their watches don't need batteries. Um, so I'm looking at pieces like this, and I'm looking. I have three different ones, uh, ranging in price from expensive to uh, I might sell a kidney expensive. <laughs> <laughs> kids were eating pasta for the next 10 years yeah. <laughs> sorry you're not gonna go to school but look how cool look at this what my watch does when it glimmers in the light <laughs> yeah so i'm looking at a at a at a small brand like a micro brand they call this uh of like um a dive uh, watch. It's beautiful. Right. And then I'm looking at a Ben and Ross. Uh, they call this like a GMT watch because you can set up different time zones. So it's all with needles. There's no screen right on this. There is no like digital right. or anything. It's just all uh, analog, just, just with handles. And uh, so I'm, I'm looking at one of these, a Ben and Ross. And then Cody, I didn't want to, but I came across a Rolex that uh -oh. just looks absolutely <laughs> gorgeous. It's a very simple. It's uh, the entry. I think it's the entry level uh, Rolex, um, and it's just beautiful. And I actually went to a store and tried on the other day. And I, I'm trying to force myself not to buy it, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see where where it takes me in the next few w weeks, and if I can, uh, if I settle for a specific model. But you'll get an update when that happens. You'll get an update. I feel like we're going to get a message in Slack that says that some Russian uh, millionaire owns 65% of IDV now. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys basically answer to him nowadays. <laughs> His name's Vladimir. He's very nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, that's cool. I have gotten geeked out on watches before. I go in kind of like phases, but I do follow sites like Hodinky. I know I follow their Instagram account. There's uh there's another gentleman um that uh he does cars and watches. So he does podcasts on both, well known for both. 
I think his handle on Instagram is the smoking tire, but I know he also has something for watches. And so I've gone, I've kind of looked into that uh, realm before, but yeah, it can get expensive and it can kind of get overwhelming as you're trying to decide on something. So, um, yeah, kind of cool. Yep. Look forward to updates on that. Yeah. Now, what I want to hear about is the story of your exploding MacBook. <laughs> I saw, I saw some tweets and I think I even saw a picture of it. Right. Um, so I want to know what happened and, uh, if it's, if it's been fixed. Yeah. Well, you know, I keep saying exploding, but I think that was really just like my, I was, I kind of intentionally tried to make it a trigger word to get, uh, you know, more, more attention. attention, not just, yeah, not just on Twitter, but I said it a lot in the Apple store. Uh, okay. Not proud of my behavior in there. I mean, I didn't like, there definitely wasn't any yelling, but I just probably shouldn't have said exploding as many times as I did. <laughs> People um, were turning heads and, are right? you okay? He's like, are you okay, he's like, man? sir, could you please quit saying that? <laughs> Anyways, here's what happened. So, um, I'll give you a little backstory. I have not been able to close my MacBook lid flat down to the keyboard for a while. I've, you know, it's been months probably since I've been able to do that. And I for, you know, every time I would try to close it and it wouldn't shut, I would just really examine the hinge and I'd be like, man, there's got to be some kind of debris stuck in there. I don't know what's wrong. Uh, but it turns out, I guess my battery is kind of slowly kind of swelling underneath the keyboard and kind of pushing it up. And it was causing this problem. Well, it all kind of came to a head. I think it was on Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday. It was definitely after our, the last podcast we recorded. But uh, I was using it. It was sitting in my lap. Um, I was outdoors just because it was nice. And I just try to move where I work sometimes to um, try to keep the spirits up. But uh, it, uh, it, I could hear the fans kick on, which was, you know, kind of normal, I guess, because it's hot. You know, it's we're all going through the heat wave right now. So it's kind of hot. But they were really loud. They were roaring loud. And then all of a sudden I heard a pop, like a really loud, like a balloon popping. And I was like, I know that just came from inside my MacBook. And I looked down at it and I could tell that the bottom casing had shot off, like literally popped off. And I smelled like a really intense burning smell. And I was like, wow. So, I mean, my definition, you know, my explanation of it saying it exploded, that's not too far off, right? Like you heard a loud pop. There's this intense burning smell. You know, if so facto, that's not too far off from what really happened. Um, so I brought it in uh, to the house. I took some pictures of it to put on Twitter to, you know, just kind of throw some feelers out there, see if anybody had seen this happen. I didn't know. I guess I didn't know right away that it was the battery. I thought, uh, you know, we've heard uh, uh, this was years ago now, but I remember Jeff's uh, uh, motherboard exploding or something. Something's short circuiting. We could actually hear it burn. Uh, over the microphone. So, uh, I thought it could be that. Uh, but no, everybody that responded was like, Oh yeah, definitely your battery. And I could kind of see that that's what was swelling to push the case up. And I could kind of see it. Um, but I was really worried. You know, I was worried this thing could catch fire still. Um, cause the computer was still working itself. So I shut it down. I, uh, hopped on Apple's website because somebody had mentioned that, Hey, you're probably covered under, the battery replacement program. And I knew that this was a thing and for 15 inch MacBook Pros, but I guess I don't remember my model being anywhere in the range of um, the models that they had talked about that would be eligible for this battery replacement program. So I, I found my, uh, I had to turn the computer back on to get my serial number, found it, typed it in Apple's website. It's like, you're eligible. I was like, cool. Um, and actually I will commend Apple for this. Between the website where I entered in my serial number, 
it was like four steps and I had an appointment at my local Apple store. Like it was click, click, click. They knew who I was, click. And I mean, they're like, all right, you're scheduled tomorrow at one o'clock. It's the earliest time available. So I'll commend them for that. And then, so the next day I take it into the Apple store. And like I said, as soon as he asked me what's wrong, I was like, well, my MacBook <laughs> exploded. Um, I'd actually talked to a buddy of mine that works for Apple uh, on Twitter. And I was like, uh, hey, you think if I say explode, <laughs> my MacBook explode enough, they'll just replace it right there? Because he kind of set my expectations. He's like, look, man, he's like, that's not going to be a quick fix. Um, there's a chance they might have to send it off site. And it's uh, usually three to five days. And I don't have like a backup Mac. So I'm kind of freaking out, you know, because I this was right in the middle of Prime Day, um, which uh, if you know, I do a lot of our deal stuff for the site. And um, so I was just like, oh, I don't really want to be down right now. And I knew five days was going to be kind of encroaching our next recording time for our podcast. And I didn't know what I was going to do. So my goal was like, I want to see if maybe they'll give me a replacement here in store today. You, you hear about that sometimes, right? And I think that skews our our expectations is when you hear somebody go, Oh, I love the Apple store. I, my, you know, my battery popped and I was in store and it may have been a very specific situation for them, but somebody okayed them just getting a brand new MacBook in store. And I think everybody else hears that and goes, Oh, maybe that can happen for me. But reality is that's just not the case. They have tons of protocols for these things. Um, but again, I think I put this in the tweet. I was like, my kind of selfish consumer mind was like, if I say explode enough in this Apple store, <laughs> I will get them nervous enough to just be like, look, man, you can just, here's a new one. Just get out of here. Do not say explode anymore. Um, but, uh, yeah, he was like, oh yeah, it just looks like the battery swollen. I was like, yeah, it sounded like it exploded. <laughs> I'm telling you, I had an angle for like the first 10 minutes of this. To, I was like, I'm not leaving here. Um, but he's like, no, it's going to take three to five days. He's like, there's two other Macs in front of you. So I think it'll be short on the shorter side of that. And, uh, you know, to their credit, again, I put this on Twitter. Um, it was done within two days, really. And uh, not only did they replace the battery, but they ended up replacing the, uh, they call it the top case. And the way he explained that to me was that it's the keyboard, it's the speakers, it's the touchpad. So I felt basically like I had a brand new computer because he looked at it. I asked him, I was like, look, can I just take this home and use it then? Um, because it's still working. You know, it's just that the case is a little exposed. And he's like, I'll go take the back off and see what it looks like. And he's like, yeah, no, I wouldn't want you to leave here with this. He's like, we're not even going to ship it. I don't want to put this in the mail with the batteries, you know, on the verge of busting like this. Uh, he didn't say that, but it was something close to that. Um, he's like, you don't want to leak whatever that fluid is all over your circuit board. And then that causes problems. So he's like, just let us fix it. And I was like, well, do you have a loaner? And he's like, no, you have to be a part of our business program. It's 500 bucks a year. And then we give you loaners when your computers go down. I was like, ah. And I said, well, what if I just buy a computer in store today? Can I bring it back in 14 days? He's like, yeah, you could do that. And so I start looking around and I'm just like, ah, I don't want to figure out 1200 bucks for another MacBook right yeah. now. It, set it all up and then have to return it. So I was like, whatever, maybe I'll just figure out something to do. My my last ditch ever was going to be I'll just go get a one of those tiny crappy laptops from Best Buy for like 200 bucks. And um I didn't end up having to do that though. I had a buddy that had an old MacBook. Uh he was not using. I was <laughs> I've never been more grateful though to get my computer back after using this thing. This was like a circa 2011 MacBook. Uh, one of the really thick ones with the CD-ROM drive. And I think like 10.7 or 10.8 was the most new it could go. Like I remember trying to update the software and it was like, nope, can't happen. 
And if you know anything about how the web works, you know that I couldn't even connect to the IDB website. It was said it was unsecure or something like that. So I had to use Chrome. I couldn't use Safari. Um, I, uh, I tried installing, you know, some of our affiliate software, uh, would not download says you need 10.9 or newer. Uh, so I really felt kind of out to dry here with this older MacBook. It was definitely a weird experience because of the different connections it has. I couldn't connect it to my external monitor. It doesn't fit on my laptop stand. So I just, I couldn't even, I had to use just the laptop itself and it was super slow. Um, so that was definitely like a humbling experience. That's, that's overdoing it. I think it was just, it's just kind of like, okay, I get it now. Like what I have, the laptop I have right now is awesome compared to what this is. We've come a long way. And so I guess it just made me appreciate my MacBook more. Uh, but like I said, Apple got it to me within two days. Um, I walked right in. I didn't have to wait long at all, a couple of minutes and they had it for me. They gave me a receipt to sign that showed that the repairs would have cost about $500. Uh, but because it was part of this program, they, it was all free of cost. So I, I, like I said, for a moment, for like a brief second, I was like, I'm going to get a new computer out of this. But, you know, once I got past that, once I just kind of settled into reality, I was very happy with how Apple handled this. Very quick, very professional. And so far, I mean, so good. Let's, they said there's a 90 day warranty on all the parts that they replaced. Um, but I'm happy with it right now. Is there any noticeable visual difference from the outside? Can you, can you tell like something, something happened to your computer? Yeah, I think the keyboard looks, I, like, I think the top case, like they were saying, looks newer. Now you have to understand, I use my laptop most of the time, 95% of the time, it's on a laptop stand connected to an external monitor. So it doesn't get used that much anyways, but I do remember there being some, Maybe like a nick here and there on some of the keys that the light would show through, the backlighting would show through, and maybe some stuff like some stuff just grime around the edges of the touchpad. None of that's there. It, it does look brand new on top. So I I, th I think that's what happened. Okay, but on the side, like you don't see any sign of uh, the the swelling of the battery. You know, there's no like a half a millimeter gap or something that you. No, 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 okay. no. It's it's the the seams are are normal looking okay let's put it that way yeah yeah it looks good and they gave it to me in like this little they're like we can take it out of the case and i was like well do you need me to like test it here to make sure everything's working they're like nope we're good and uh so they gave it to me in a little kind of foam case to carry out in and like i said very very top-notch considering um uh what happened very top-notch experience but you know i will still say that I wish there was some other option or if you, maybe if you have Apple Care, it's an option to, to have like a loaner, have some type of loaner system. I know they can't do it for everybody, but I mean, if your computer really malfunctions like this and it's definitely Apple or the manufacturer's fault, they, it's, it would be a bummer to be left high and dry. Like this is, if this was a higher volume time period and they, you know, this had taken a week to fix, I would have been really upset. So I think it was just kind of by luck of the draw that mine got fixed early And, uh, but I mean, to be without your computer for a week, especially somebody like me who uses it on a daily right. basis for work, it's, I, I, I hope that at some point Apple figures out a better system for that because that's tough. That was a tough one to swallow when they told me that's what I would be looking at. So in those days, especially that first day where I didn't even have a, you know, I didn't have my buddy's MacBook and I was just thinking like, man, what am I going to do? I thought about buying an iPad. You know, I think I messaged you on Slack. I was like, Hey man, how's, how's the iPad working with our website these days? <laughs> Um, you think I could have done it? You think I could have got by on an iPad? Mm, technically, yes, you could have. But right. realistically, Cody, knowing you a little bit, 
You know, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think I don't. I think it would have been so much more trouble, right? Uh, than especially because you deal a lot with the copy pasting and links and stuff like this and generate links. It's just it would have been just a mind uh, a mind f. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it it would have been so right. much so much trouble. And sure enough, you could have created some shortcuts and stuff. But this would have been trouble as well. Create the shortcuts. Uh, having trouble like well, tr- troubleshoot the shortcuts. Why isn't this working? Uh, it would have been it would have been too much too much trouble. I think the the best option would have been to either buy like a cheap uh, netbook at uh, Best Buy or something or. Or get a, a temporary MacBook Air or something at you know, entry level MacBook Air at a thousand dollars and and return, return it, it. You were, yeah. return it when you were done. But that kind of feel that sucks, you know. You have to go through the setup process and everything, and then return it, and then Apple has to restock it. Just even the fact that you're just buying it, knowing you're going to return it, you know, it's just like it's it doesn't feel right just to do that. But yeah. um, but it worked it worked out pretty good. It's pretty um. Good success story of Apple support here. I, I like to hear this because sometimes you hear like the horror stories. But uh, I know in my experience dealing with Apple support, it's always been, it's mostly been a very positive experience. You know, like sometimes you come out of it you know, thinking like, wow, they handled this perfectly. Like there's nothing else they could have done. Well, in your case, maybe they could have provided a computer. That would have been nice. I'm sure like if you had insisted a little bit, you know, hey, can you ask your manager or something? I'm three. Really yeah. I'm sure like if you had insisted a little bit, they or maybe if you had asked a different guy, because you know, like we we say that from time to time. And, like the the treatment you get at the Apple store depends also on the person you're talking to. So if you have an issue with your iPhone and you go to an Apple store and you talk to a guy and he's gonna like, um no, I don't see I don't see this as an issue. Go back home. And then you come back the next day to talk to a different guy. And that guy is going to be more understanding uh, of your problem and 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 try to solve it. I know it's happened to me in the past with issues I had with iPhones, where I had to return multiple times to have uh, an employee actually hear me out and and understand that there was an actual issue with the phone and it had to be uh, fixed. So your mileage may may vary always at the Apple Store, but um, I'm glad you had a good experience. Yeah, I'm a pretty non-confrontational, uh, passive person, probably the good term for it. So I'm not the type to, I don't think I've ever like raised my voice in a store or anything like that. Um, I'm not the type to go, let me speak to your manager, no, no. you know, cause I, I worked retail for four or five years. And so I know what it's like to be on the other side of that. Usually the person you're yelling at had nothing to do with whatever your, right. your issue is. Um, but yeah, it did work out great. And I, you know, I have, uh, almost new MacBook now and I've been wanting to get I've been wanting to upgrade to one of the newer ones. I know the 13 inch they just released is by far the best upgrade they've had to that line in a while. I know it's a lot faster. Uh they all come with touch bars now so it's not uh not even an option to get a non-touch bar. Uh so I'm definitely looking at that. I also thought about maybe a Mac Mini when I was kind of like out and hung out to dry a little bit here. I thought, man, a Mac Mini is only going to be 6 or 700 dollars and I already have the monitor and the keyboard and the mouse and I thought that might be a good option. So, um, options wide open here on, on where to go, but I am hopefully looking to, to get a new MacBook. One that's under warranty too. That's usually been my game is to trade in the MacBook after it's out of warranty. Um, just because, okay, now I want to get something that's protected again. Of course, every Apple product comes with the one year warranty. Uh, and that was my biggest fear when this first happened was, oh crap, it's, not nearly under i'm like two years out of warranty now um so 
we'll see what happens on that front. Yep. Okay. Continuing with our updates. Uh, where are you at on Twitter clients? Um, Back to Tweetbot. <laughs> <laughs> so just ignore the last three episodes, folks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it, it lasted a couple of months, I think, that I was on on Twitterific, and I still really like their iOS application. It's really well done. But I had one main issue with it: is the the switching between accounts was just not great. Um, they had this two finger gesture where you swipe down with two finger, and you're supposed to do a, like a quick switch between two accounts. And it works, it, it doesn't work consistently for some reason. I don't know why. I text, I DM'd the guy at, uh, or I tweeted the guys at, uh, that make Twitterific. And he said, well, yeah, it's actually like a gestures can be fiddly in, in iOS. It, it's sometimes hit or miss. I'm like, mm, that's not a satisfying answer. <laughs> and, and, and Tweetbot in comparison, Tweetbot has the same, uh, uh, swipe down gesture with two fingers to switch between light mode and dark mode. And so it's the same gesture, really. It does different things, but different ge- uh, same gesture. And it works perfectly, reliably, 100% of the time on Tweetbot. So I'm, I, I'm thinking the Twitter effect guys like, did something wrong with that gesture. So that was really getting to me uh, a lot. And also what was getting to me is their their Mac application, as we were saying before, like the Mac app is not like one window with multiple columns. It's d- multiple, uh, each column is its own separate window. So when you want to do some uh, fast uh, window switching on your computer by doing command tab, sometimes you end up having to uh, to go through like four or five windows of uh, Twitter, Twitterific because that's all the columns I have open. And that that really, really, really got uh, to me in the long term to a point where I was like, you know, I, I might as well go back to to Tweetbot. I uninstalled Tweetbot on my Mac because I had issue with it. Like every time I was closing the app and, and reopen it, it was just a blank screen and it had forgotten all my settings. So all my tabs were basically blank and um, and I deleted it, reinstalled again, and it seems to be working fine. I haven't had a problem in about a week that I've been doing this now. Um, so. So the update is that everything is back to the way it was two months ago. (laughs) (laughs) It's a big circle. You ran in a big circle. You feel good about that? Yeah, well, I tried something new, you know, and that's what I feel good about. I I feel good about having stuck to Twitter effect for so long. Uh, You know, I think it was a couple of months. So it's not just like a couple of days uh, where in the past I would give up on Twitter clients within... A matter of sometimes a little hours, just trying them. I was like, "That's just not going to work." He are really stuck to it, and so I got a good, a really, really good feel. I think for for the Twitter, the Twitterific app on my iPhone, on my iPad, and also on on my Mac. So I'm, you know, I'm pretty happy about that. I feel like I, I made the most informed decision I could make for the situation. Yeah, sure. And you know, the stuff you point out, especially the switching accounts thing. Um, that's a that's a pretty important feature actually. I don't I don't think I do it nearly on the scale of, as you do, but uh, just switching between like the IDB deals account and my account and my two Dallas Cowboys burner accounts, um, it's it could get tricky. So if that's a bad if that's a tough feature that doesn't always work properly, I can see why that uh, would be an issue. Yeah. Okay. Um, a little bit of news mixed in with uh, some more Twitter talk here. Uh, Apple may start funding original podcasts. There was a story out last week that uh, Apple is looking to expand uh, 
you know, it's currently kind of like the host, right? It plays host. A, a lot of popular podcasts are in Apple's iTunes and they help you find it and they organize and index it and then they allow you to upload it to there and just one kind of central place. It's a hub where people can go for podcasts. Uh, but they want to jump into the content business, kind of like they're doing with the TV stuff right now, according to this report. And they would shell out, uh, it says investigating the prospect of jumping into original podcast content. Um, details are pretty light, but, uh, I think we can speculate on why they would want to do this. And, um, I think podcasts are still getting bigger. I know we've been hearing for years now that, oh, podcasts are the next big thing, but it seems like every, you know, I'm not going to say every day. I don't talk to people about it every day, but every time I talk about people, about podcasts who I don't think would be into podcasts, I'm surprised by how many people are into podcasts, if that makes sense. Yeah, it seems to be it seems to be a, a grow, growing audience uh, for, for podcasts, definitely. Right. Still on the uptick. And uh, so I can see why Apple would want to get into it. Uh, I don't know. Again, details are super light. We don't know how they would, how or if they would want to monetize this. Um, I can see why people would be kind of taken aback by this, maybe not in a positive way just like okay well apple's going to obviously try to wrap this into some kind of subscription service or uh, maybe charge per season of podcast you know like there's a lot of ways this could go badly uh, but since we just don't know much yet i'm, I'm not going to give that negative reaction i'm just going to take it for what we know is that's it apple kind of helped found the whole platform right years ago with the ipod and being able to listen to audio um, it's kind of where podcasts were kind of born and it took them a long time to get on the train, right? They just didn't understand what to do with it for a long time. And then you started seeing the podcast show up in iTunes and they had a really pretty storefront with some great search and indexing features. Um, so I think they're just trying to take that next step into something that they kind of helped create from the beginning. What's, what's your take on this? I'm just curious, uh, what strategy they're going to be employing here. Are they going to be you know, just funding podcasts? So, for example, offer a, a certain amount of money uh, to uh, to produce a podcast, basically to to pay for a podcast, or maybe to buy out like a podcast that you may know. I don't know uh, uh, Conan O'Brien's podcast, whatever, and and pay right. him and make him exclusive to um, to iTunes. So you can't you can't get it on on Spotify, Spotify for example, yeah. which I think or is Google the main, Play or Google Play, which is I believe Spotify is the main competitor to to Apple in the podcast scene. Like Apple right. clearly has uh, the upper hand on this one. So do they want to make it exclusive or do they want to make it exclusive plus charge a fee to users to listen uh, to exclusive podcasts from Apple Podcasts Plus? Uh, I and that that's that's where I I'd like to get more to know more information about this. Uh, I honestly, Cody, there's been a lot of thing happening in the in the podcast business world in the past year uh, with right. Spotify uh, buying uh, what is it, Gimlet? I think it was called uh, that produces a, a different podcast. Uh, Spotify buying um, this application. I can't remember the name that lets you basically uh, record and and uh, host a podcast. Was it Anchor? Uh, Anchor, thank you. Directly from your iPhone. So, so it's, it's really podcast made super simple. Podcasting made super simple for everybody. So they bought this. Uh, there is, uh, I think there is a new company called Luminary that charges a, a monthly fee 
for access to exclusive content from people that are fairly famous. I mean, that are extremely famous, actually. Uh, I just... This is still a, a like a, a, a new business model for podcasting, and I don't think we have enough feedback to to see if it's successful or not. But I really can't imagine people paying to listen to exclusive co- um, content for podcasts. I feel like if you're going to tell people, well, we're going to charge ten bucks a month for Apple Podcast Plus, and you're going to be able to listen to these exclusive shows only on here, it's like sure that's really nice you know i like conan o'brien but i can listen to a million other podcasts uh not from conan o'brien but from other people i can listen to podcasts all day long without having the need for it it's it, it kind of reminds me of kind of youtube in a way you know like do you, you know like youtube made video free for everybody you can watch youtube videos for free all day long now do you uh you know, if YouTube said, well, actually, they already said it. Like they can, they can uh, uh, charge you a monthly fee, and you get access to exclusive stuff. That does that actually work? I don't know. That would that work specifically for podcasts? I'm very, very. Uh, I'm. I, I really don't don't believe in it. I I don't believe you can charge people. I do believe for Apple, especially considering their their position in this and having complete control of the iTunes uh, platform for podcasts is to to uh, fund podcasts to basically give money to podcasts and make them exclusive to Apple. Meaning that this podcast is available for free on Apple devices, uh, and but you can't get it. You can you can't get it on Spotify. Like if you want to listen to it, it's going to be free for you, but you must listen to it from. Uh, from an iPhone, from an iPad, from a Mac, from something, from an, your Apple TV, if you listen to it from Apple TV, from your HomePod, but uh, but not charging anyone for it because again, I don't I don't think anyone would really pay um, for for pod- podcasts or any. Some people might and some people do actually pay for that, but I don't think there's a substantial amount of people that would pay and and leading to make a, a difference. On the bottom line for Apple, like I don't, I, Apple needs more than a million people to pay ten bucks or five bucks a month for podcast to make a difference for Apple. You know, like if you have a million customer paying five bucks a month, it's fifty million, uh, five million dollars a month for Apple. It's nothing. So they would need like a hundred million people, and don't, they don't even have that for Apple Music. So I, I can't imagine it uh, being the way they they want to take, they want to go for uh, for um, for Apple Podcast Plus if that's ever the case. What's your take on it? Um, I mostly agree with you. I think with so much free content out there available, um, there's just no... I think it's tough. You have to already have a really big built-in audience to make the move to um, pay for, you know, like a premium podcast service. And there is some... I know you named uh, Luminary. I know uh, Mark Marin, who does the WTF podcast. I know he... Uh, uh, I think it's free for the most part, but he offers a premium uh, subscription service that gives you uh, commercial-free uh, archives and uh, some bonus episodes that you don't get if uh, if you're just listening for free. There's somebody else, Sam Sam Smith, Sam Shepard. There's somebody else that is big into like the meditation uh, area that uh, his is completely behind a paywall, so you have to pay like nine or ten bucks a month, I think, to get access to his three to four episodes a month. Uh, 
And, and so again, he's been doing it for a while. So I know that if you're, if you have that audience, you can make it work. Uh, but just for the average consumer looking to start a new podcast or listen, looking, you know, somebody looking to, okay, I want to get into podcasts. Let's find one. You're not going to, I don't know how you attract them over to your pay for service when there's millions of free episodes. Um, but, but what makes the whole space, right? The whole platform interesting is just the versatility. I mean, there's podcasts like ours where we talk about tech news and, uh, maybe sometime delve into, uh, uh, fitness or just like our own personal things. Uh, but there's also crime documentary podcasts, right? Crime thrillers. If you've ever listened to serial, that's a very interesting podcast. There's also comedy podcasts and, uh, One's strictly devoted to fitness or financials or – I mean there's just so many variations. I know there's uh, fiction podcasts, right? So the whole time in their podcast, they're telling stories um, that are not real, right? They're just made-up fiction stories. So it's just – there's a huge gamut here, a huge spectrum of what's possible. And so I think it's – it makes sense to me that Apple would want to get into this. But like you, we just – we're just kind of waiting for the details and specifically what their strategy is going to be. Are they going to try to get exclusives? Are they going to uh, charge for these? Uh, I hope it's the former and not the latter. I guess that that can, we can segue into uh, a question we got on Twitter, on Twitter uh, from uh, Geek Corner who was asking, hey, if uh, – would you consider – doing an Apple original podcast. I assume that if Apple is uh, uh, coming to us and uh, and offering us a boatload of money to, <laughs> right. to do an exclusive podcast for them or like to fund the podcast, would we do it? Uh, that's a good question. Yeah. I mean, yeah, probably we would definitely do. <laughs> I can't think, you know, like, If if we if I was super wealthy or we were super famous and I you know then I could stand on holy ground of I'm not gonna have somebody telling me if I can or can't cuss or telling me what I can and can't talk about you know if I want to talk about this I'm gonna talk about it and I'm not gonna have a producer in my ear going nope change the t topic you know if I could be that holier than thou person I would but <laughs> you know if they're just any kind of money I'd be like yeah I'd probably do it because you got to think. Even if the money's not huge, if you're an original, like if you're original content from them, you're probably going to get priority in terms of marketing, in terms of placement in the in the iTunes and in the podcast stores. Um, so yeah, I can't think of a, a good reason not to do it at this point, kind of in in our podcasting careers. Yeah, I would. I mean, it would again depend on the model they would employ. Um, but first, I guess we should acknowledge that Apple would never ask us to. Yeah, yeah. It's not I mean, like we think. Yeah, we're, no, we're not thinking. We're not at the top fun. of that phone call. List. No, they're not like, oh, we got to get them. No, they have absolutely <laughs> no reason uh, besides the fact that we talk about Apple here uh, to even ask us. It's just that definitely not going to happen. But uh, yeah, again, depending on the model they might employ, that would be interesting. Like if it's just like. Give us money to be exclusive uh, to to the Apple platform. I'd be all fine about it. If it's just to say, uh, well, your show is going to be behind a paywall and people people going to have to pay to listen to it, I would be more wary about it because, like, as you were explaining, that would cut down dramatically on on, on the size of the audience and, and new sure. listeners in particular, and, and yeah. new listeners for sure. And that's something I'm not. Uh, I'm, I wouldn't be uh, willing to to put on the table for sure. Yeah, unless they bought you a Rolex and then you're... <laughs> well, they would need more than a Rolex. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
so yeah, that was uh, that was an interesting question. And again, for one, just that that would probably never happen. And two, we don't really have any reason to turn down money like that. Um, I think you can guess what our answer would be. But uh, okay, while we're, I guess while we're at it, we got a couple more questions from Twitter uh, that we can answer on here. You know, we don't. I guess we're not a, don't do a good job of making formal announcements for this. But if you ever have questions, uh, you can reach us at our t- individual Twitter handles. You can reach us at the IDB account, uh, and of course, you can reach us at the LTIOS account. Um, uh, if you just have questions, and we can either answer them on Twitter, which we do most of the time, or if we think it's good enough, maybe we'll favorite it or tag it in some way, and then we'll try to answer it on the show here. But uh, we did collect a couple from this past week uh, at Conith asks us uh how is ios 13 beta 4 compared to other betas um somebody was saying that beta 3 was terrible but beta 4 kind of made up for it i haven't noticed a big swing in bugs or reliability or speed in between the betas um i am just i'm on beta 4 i've been on it since they released it last week and uh it's i mean i think maybe the bugs are getting cut down like i'm not seeing as many crazy things happen but there are still still some issues like my uh, dark sky widget doesn't always show in the today view. Um, I'm trying to think of what other recurring. My canary does not use location uh, very well. So like used to, if I leave the house or leave the Wi-Fi network, it would automatically switch into away mode and then it's recording and I'm, I'm protected. Uh, now I have to right now where it's at in the beta of iOS 13, I've got to manually uh, select that I'm gone and that I want it to go into protect mode. Um, so I hope they, you know, obviously it's not even a complaint at this point because I give Canary until, you know, a month probably after iOS 13 release before I get super annoyed with it because it's in beta right now. Uh, but those are just the kind of bugs I'm seeing. So those are still there in uh, beta 4. But uh, overall, though, if you can live with some of these minor quirks, I think it's reliable. I think it's speedy and I enjoy the dark mode and some of the other new features. What about you? Yeah, I haven't seen uh, many differences or any noticeable difference between beta 3 and beta 4. I know that I've had an issue with the share sheet, you know, when you in Safari or any other app, but typically in Safari and you, you want to share a link, for example, or you press the, the share icon. I've had this bug where it takes about five seconds to between the time I press and the time I actually see the share sheet and select an app to share the, uh, the content to. Um, it's been slightly improved. Like most of the time, it's still fi- it still about, takes about five seconds, but sometimes it shows up instantly. So it's like Apple is on the right track uh, to fixing this bug, which not everybody has encounters. Uh, I, I've seen a few people on Twitter mentioning having the same uh, problem. So I know it's not just me. It's not completely fixed, but it's it's on on the right track. Other than that, honestly, I haven't noticed any difference. Okay. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'd have no problem at this point unless you rely heavily on a certain app that has not been updated for iOS 13. I have no problem uh, giving somebody the thumbs up to to try it out on their daily driver. It's just not that problematic, right? Um, I guess unless you were maybe going on a road trip or something <laughs> and you desperately needed like GPS and stuff to work, uh, that can be kind of finicky in betas. But uh, yeah. for me, not too big a deal. And then uh, we got one more question here. It comes from It's Nathan Lamb. Uh, and he, uh, kind of ponders, should Apple launch a standalone emoji, uh, Memoji app? Just kind of the thinking of, uh, uh, can there be a standalone app or at least standalone settings where you can kind of tweak which emojis 
show up in not only your shortcuts right at the top of your keyboard as you're typing, um, like your recommended shortcuts, but also what you see, you know, when you pull up the emoji keyboard, right? You don't use all of the emojis that are on the keyboard. So wouldn't it be kind of nice if you could tweak those, um, uh, to your liking. And also this app could be a place where Memojis live. And if you remember our conversation last week, we did talk about, or at least I brought it up that it's kind of a bummer that you can only access your Memojis from within the messages app or within the FaceTime app. It would be cool if they had a separate app where you could record videos as long as you want. You know, you could record TikTok style videos with music or different things like that. And, and that's just not possible right now. What's, what do you think of this? Um, you probably don't use emojis enough to guarantee. No, 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 no. Actually, I do I do use emoji. I okay. uh, I I use them every day. Uh, I wouldn't not, have guessed I, that about you. I'm not a I'm not a you know gigantic fan and, <laughs> and a, a pro emoji guy, but uh, I use them en- enough to have an opinion about it. I I would like yeah I certainly would like Apple to make some improvements. Um, like. Being able to hide and unhide certain emojis, like for example, all of these flag emojis. Like, when is the last time you used the Angola flag emoji? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, when I visited Angola, I was last like, week. I'm here, touchdown, <laughs> touchdown. <laughs> yeah, so there's tons of emoji that you never really want to see or use. But besides like hiding and unhiding emojis like what i would be most interested about is creating my own favorite list of emojis and say always have these one at the forefront right now right uh, in the emoji keyboard it shows the recently used emojis and and that's good you know that's a good first step but i'd like to go one step behind be, uh, after that and be able to choose okay i want these specific emojis to always show right here uh, anytime I, I, um, I display the, the emoji keyboard. And that's something you can actually, uh, do on the Mac. You know, like you have the emoji, uh, and characters and symbols, um, app or whatever you call this on the Mac. And you can select favorite emojis. So like the, the idea is already existing on the Mac. And it would just be great if they brought this over to, um, to, to iOS as well. And like uh, Nathan was uh, kind of uh, implying, like the the fact that now in the keyboard you have, it, the emoji keyboard in, in the text message app, like in the messages app, it's kind of a kind of a little messy. You have like, so you have the emoji keyboard, which is treated as uh, any other keyboard. And then you also have the, the Memoji app inside the messages app. Um, in I feel almost feel like this. You have the Animoji and the Memoji uh, application extensions for the Messages app, and I kind of feel like these should be in directly inside the Emoji keyboard. So again, I feel like there is tons of room for improvement in, in, in here, and especially mem- uh, uh, Emoji. Or they're not going away. You know, like more and more people use them. Uh, more and more, like. Older, even older people, like you know, get to it. My father-in-law is, I think, seventy something. He, he, you know, he starts getting into using emoji, and so, so it's it, it needs to be more intuitive. It, ne- it needs more customization options, and uh, we're not going to get this with iOS thirteen, uh, but hopefully next year we get some noticeable improvement for this. Yeah, it's a big deal for Apple too. You know, it is because they release press releases, right? They just had one last week where they showed off 
upcoming emoji or upcoming emojis, right? So they get into the design of this thing, right? And they uh, um, they like their little tweaks that are different from maybe how Android emojis look, and um, maybe they open it up. I know they're opening it up to more like accessibility stuff, and um, I just know they go out of their way to try to represent everybody, and and they get really into this uh, emoji thing. So it seems like. You know, it would only make sense for them to do an extension of what just the emoji keyboard is. Um, are you noticing in iOS 13? Maybe this was there before that, but I'm really struggling with it in iOS 13. There, so you have your globe icon in the bottom left hand corner of the keyboard, and then you have the new, I think it's a new emoji key button, right? And they're just kind of diagonal from each other on the iPhone keyboard. And I'm touching the world one a lot, thinking that's going to switch me to my emoji keyboard, but. That throws me into a different third-party keyboard I have. Uh, you can use both. So I'm getting them conf- – yeah, I know. I'm just getting them kind of mixed up. And because I have a third-party keyboard installed, which I probably should just uninstall, um, it takes like 10 seconds for that third-party keyboard to load. So I hate that I keep hitting the world button. I want to just keep hitting the emoji button. But either way, it's kind of confusing. I'm finding it sort of confusing. It's redundant and, and yeah. a, bit, a bit confusing. I have several keyboards because I have like you know the French keyboard, French, right? And what I do to because the the keyboard switching by typing tapping on the globe icon is is unpredictable because you never really I can never remember which one in the list is going to come next when I press this icon. Like, is it going to be the French keyboard? Is it going to be the emoji keyboard? Is it going to be a word board, which is like a uh, text shortcut extension keyboard that I use? So what I do is I just when I when I use this icon I just tap and hold on it and I see the list of available keyboard and I swipe up to select the one I want I want to use. Um, I see the emoji key that you see that you're mentioning and I don't know when it started showing up. I don't know if it's with iOS 13 or if it was before. I kind of forgot about it, uh, but I never think about using it when I want to use uh, emoji in the messages app i just tap and hold on the globe icon and swipe up to select the emoji keyboard i never think about using that um that emoji specific key on the keyboard right so to answer um nathan lamb's question uh apple could definitely do more on the emoji side i don't know that this would necessarily go with memoji i think memoji could even use its own app or i think like we talked about last week maybe shove it into the clips app to give us another spot to uh uh, play around with the Memoji characters. Just something to give you an area where you can record longer than 10 second videos. Um, whatever. But, uh, yeah, that's my thoughts on that. While we're right before we go, this Mac icon stuck out to me because you were talking about the Mac emojis. Uh, I know I've mentioned this a long time ago, but it's a app called Rocket and it allows you to basically put a semicolon and then type in whatever emoji you want and it'll bring it up for you so i love that feature because apple's not doing enough here i don't think for to to use emojis on mac i feel like it's a little bit tedious um so i use this app all the time i just wanted to throw that out there as a reminder uh if anybody's looking for a good emoji solution on the mac it's just you literally just go colon and type in smiley face and you'll get all the smiley face emojis will pop up in a list um it's free but you definitely get more features if you pay for it if you do the four dollar payment or whatever and I think that does it for Emoji Talk. <laughs> <laughs> this week in Emoji. <laughs> right. Um, anything else before we get out of here? No. Uh, just next week is going to be back on the back on a different time time zone, and it's going to be much easier for you and me to record. As I, we were saying at the beginning, 
also want to invite people to rate this podcast on iTunes or in their uh, podcast application of choice, if it's uh, Overcast, Overcast yeah. or Castro or whatever, uh, recommend if you can like press the tap the icon to recommend it or favorite it. That really, really helps. Uh, as you were mentioning, Cody, uh, our uh, Twitter handles, username are in the show notes. Uh, so if you have any question or feedback or comment or anything, uh, feel free to uh, to hit us up. It's going to be in the show notes. Um, and I think that wraps it up. Awesome. Well, I will see you on our new old time next week. Sounds good. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye.